0: Welcome, everybody, to this podcast. This, I'm Associate Professor Peter Nash, Department of Medicine, University of Queensland, and today we're very fortunate to have Professor Ernest Choi from Cardiff University, and we get a chance to find out uh, from Ernest what he thinks about his paper he's recently published in the Journal Rheumatology, the British Journal of Rheumatology, uh, the Tozura Study, which is a phase four multinational study that's evaluating the safety, efficacy and immunogenicity of subcutaneous tocilizumab, both monotherapy and combination therapy, with a conventional synthetic DMARD patient population with moderate to severe RA. So welcome Ernest, and I wonder if you'd mind, uh, just filling us in a little bit on the background of the study and, and why it got put together.
1: Okay. So first of all, uh, as everybody knows, tocilizumab has been available uh, as an IL-6 inhibitor for the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis for many years now. Uh, much of the data on tocilizumab came from his, uh, intravenous formulation uh with the availability of the subcutaneous formulation uh, obviously it is used more widely now globally so we feel that there would be a need to ensure that the clinical effectiveness uh, and safety of tocilizumab uh is the same as uh the data with intravenous tocilizumab and The idea behind this study is to conduct a real-world global study to ensure that what we observe with subcutaneous tocilizumab is similar to what we saw with uh, intravenous tocilizumab. So the program was put together as a global study uh, and it was designed to have this, what we call an umbrella program. So the study was run in over 20 countries uh, but because different countries have different requirements for starting biologic treatment, we can't have a single protocol that cover the use in every single study. Hence, there were slightly different protocol for different uh, countries, but they mainly involve the disease activity or how many disease-modifying drugs the patient might have before they start on treatment. But ultimately, the purpose of the study is to look at the real-world clinical effectiveness of subcutaneous tocilizumab uh, and the main comparison is to look at the effectiveness of tocilizumab as monotherapy and uh, uh, in combination with synthetic disease-modifying drugs.
0: Okay, so so what do you think were the key take-home messages from the study? What do you think it added to the literature that uh, hadn't been there before?
1: So one, uh, this is uh, a fairly large program. Uh, Two is that um, the choice of uh, uh, treatment was determined by the clinicians, and what we saw was this: we saw the split between when tocilizumab was used with synthetic disease-modifying drugs, cover about eighty percent of the patient, and twenty percent of the patient were using subcut tocilizumab as monotherapy.
0: That, that surprises me a little because in many countries, including ours, it's really taken over the monotherapy niche and uh, often you start combination but then it very quickly becomes monotherapy. Did that strike you as slightly unusual?
1: I think, I think it's on the low side of what uh, some of the registry data uh, would, would show. Um, but, you know, 20 to 30% is what one would expect.
0: Okay, that's fine. And tell us a bit more about the top line results.
1: Well, the uh, top line can... result, um, I think we'll say that there is no real perceivable difference between the subcutaneous data versus the intravenous data. Now, obviously, there's no intravenous group. But in this study, when we look at uh, combining tocilizumab with synthetic disease-mortifying drug and comparing that to uh, the monotherapy patient, what we found was that, in fact, the efficacy was pretty similar. No matter what criteria we used. Okay. Uh, um, And then uh, when we look at uh, the safety signal, they're pretty much in line with what we would expect from an IL-6 inhibitor. Uh, and again, the frequency of side effects were pretty similar to what we observed with intravenous uh, tocilizumab. And immunogenicity was incredibly low.
0: Okay. We'll come back to both those points. 24 weeks, do you think that's a little short in, in this kind of open-label efficacy study? 24 weeks is okay?
1: Um, I, some of the patients will follow up slightly longer than that. Uh, and in some countries, actually, there were more extended protocol to follow up the patient longer. But I think uh, overall, if you want to look at effectiveness, many countries will assess effectiveness at uh, week 24. Okay. That would be the decision point of whether to continue treatment or not.
0: Okay, It'll be interesting in your comments. I'm glad to see you included a CDI, which doesn't in- include an acute phase reactant, it, because one of the things that's always said about R6 inhibition that the disease activity scores, um, which incorporate ESR or CFP, give you an artificial result. So I'm glad you included the c Was there a, a definite uh, attempt to do that?
1: Yeah, it was uh, in, within the uh, uh, protocol. That's okay. Exactly like that.
0: Right. You did say the immunogenicity was very small and clearly it was. Why do you think that is? Why do you think this particular monoclonal And this particular mechanism of action doesn't induce a few more anti-drug antibodies than you you see with other monoclonals, for example.
1: Um, I think um, what I'm offering is only a theoretical reason. I don't have definitive proof about this. But we know that interleukin-6 is a very important driver of B-cell development. And perhaps by uh, inhibiting interleukin-6, we reduce the body's ability to generate anti-drug antibodies.
0: Okay. And the other thing I noticed reading through, there was an effect of weight reducing the efficacy of the subcutaneous tossy. Um, Any comment on the role of weight and what could be done with dosing in, in people over 100 kilos?
1: Uh, as you know, um, the relationship with BMI uh, and for people who are over 100 kilos was observed even in the randomised control trial. And obviously, one factor is that because people with higher weight will have greater volume of distribution, it may affect the pharmacokinetics uh, of any agents given a fixed dose, uh, which is the case with subcutaneous formulation. You know, I guess one question would be, would increase the dose uh, improve efficacy? Well, we don't have uh, any data to answer that question. Um, but there is a, another side to this because we know that people with higher BMI generally have poorer response to all biologics. Um, I don't think it's unique to uh, that And uh, my feeling is that in people who are overweight, uh, there is a different uh, metabolic ring, And I think the immune response I enhanced. We certainly know that patients who are overweight have higher CRP just by being overweight. So I think that they just have a greater inflammatory burden too.
0: Okay, and the other thing I noticed that the treatment persistent was better with combination than with monotherapy, and we've really been trying to use this drug a lot in the monotherapy space. Do you recommend combo in preference based on the study result?
1: Um, I. I don't know that it's so easy to do that. Now, uh, in the main analysis, you will notice that we have to use a propensity score method because the combination group and the monotherapy group are in fact not matched. The monotherapy group, in fact, has quite a lot of patients who have failed multiple biologics before. Uh, and the kaplan uh, analysis couldn't really adjust for that right so you know as you know people who fail biologics are more likely to fail future biologics so we don't we we can't absolutely compare the two groups
0: okay that's fair enough the other thing we're talking a little bit about safety because um out in the real world where there are lots of comorbidities etc people who could never get into a clinical trial this is a much like an open open label real world type of study You know, if you look at the number needed to harm, the SAE rate was pretty high, really. Mm. You know, and the number needed to treat, like you treated four people, you got a DAS remission or a CDIR remission, and you only had to treat seven people for SAE, which which seems um, might reflect real-world conditions.
1: Well, I mean, I think that is the reason to do a real-world study. I mean, because of all the reasons you said, patients who are in clinical trial tend to have better, what, for one of a better word, prognostic uh, features than real world patients. Um, I think the reason for the Tesura program is to look at what I would call clinical effectiveness and safety in the real world population. And the fact that we find pretty consistent data with the clinical trials, I think is reassuring.
0: Okay, the other thing on safety that I noticed, um, you know, injection site reactions are also quite high. You know, they're talking uh, something like 32 per 100 patient years injection site reactions, and uh, the rate of anaphylaxis and hypersensitivity was was there as well. Any comments?
1: Um, I think that, well, we know that injection site reaction do occur. Um, Obviously, in this study, everybody is open labelled. So we may get a slightly higher reporting. Um, But most of the injection site reaction were quite mild. Very few patients were withdrawn due to the injection site reaction.
0: Yes. And, you know, our government got very worked up over anaphylaxis. And when subcutaneous TOSI first came onto the market, they insisted that the uh, injections were given by a healthcare professional under a supervised situation. And we argued, look, it's never been seen with subcut. It was something that you saw rarely with IV. And yet here you're getting uh, two anaphylaxis, and this is only over 24 weeks and nine hypersensitivity. So any take home as far as that is concerned?
1: Well, I think there's it, always a theoretical possibility with giving uh, antibodies, and monoclonal antibodies. I mean, we do have a very set definition of hypersensitivity and anaphylaxis uh, in these uh, studies. Uh, and I don't think we can remove that potential concern completely other than the fact that this study did have over 1,000 patients uh, and we're only seeing a few cases. So they're definitely not common. Huh. Uh,
0: and and again, we're talking IL-6 inhibition. Things are getting very crowded. There's a new IL-6 inhibitor coming onto the market. Any thoughts on how many we need? Do we need to develop more? Are the newer agents going to offer any advantage over the older agents?
1: Um, well... Uh I don't know the answer to that because I think one of the reasons for why people develop new treatment is commercial and not just clinical need uh, for sure. Um, or our IL-6 inhibitor at the moment inhibit uh, IL-6, but, uh, targets IL-6 receptor. Uh, we have not got any antibody that target interleukin-6 itself whether the inhibitors to interleukin-6 versus inhibitors of interleukin-6 receptor makes um, a relevant clinical difference is a question that we don't know
0: okay another question that I often get asked when we're talking about IL-6 inhibition they say the CRP is no longer reliable in this if there's infection going on is that real Uh,
1: well i think i think more accurately i would say that the crp response is both blunted and delayed okay so, so. so it's not it's not true that the patient would not mount a crp response i think many studies have said that they do increase the crp but the response is not as early and perhaps not as high
0: okay and finally uh any Positives and take-homes you want uh, Rheumatologists to appreciate from this particular study. I,
1: I think the, the the Result of this study is very reassuring. What it what it says is that um, What we observe in the real life setting of subcutaneous tocilizumab is pretty much what we would expect with intravenous tocilizumab, and also uh, what we saw in the randomized control trial data what it Uh, show that there doesn't seem to be any suggestion that we need to do additional research to resolve any potential clinically relevant issue in real-life practice.
0: Okay. Well, thank you very much for your time. The IL-6 inhibition area is um, very hot at the moment with lots of competition. And we thank you very much for your comments.
1: Thank you very much.